Welcome back to Nobody Asked You, Kevin. It is episode 56 of the show. My name is Kevin, of course, and it's been a while since I had an episode. Didn't do an episode in November, but we're back now, and we've got some good stuff for you this month, I think. So what did I do in November? Why wasn't I doing any sort of podcast shows here for Nobody Asked You, Kevin? Well, a lot of stuff happened. (laughs) in November. Um, but I got back to actually watching a bunch of stuff. So what have I been watching? Let's see. Um, my comfort show seems to be chopped. I am slowly, slowly, slowly working my way through like all 38, 40 seasons of chopped on Hulu. I I have no idea how many there are, but there seems to be like 40 billion seasons of chopped. And I am only on the, like the second or third season now or whatever's available on Hulu. Um, uh, but I, I, I love to put Chopped on in the background and just kind of watch what people make and, and with the, the basket ingredients and see how they adapt. I think it's a fantastic show. I would personally suck on the show. I wouldn't do so well. But I love being able to see how people, like I said, adapt with those basket ingredients, the four basket ingredients and, and kind of adapt on the fly and, and come up with something in their mind and get moving on it within minutes. So I've watched a lot of chopped and then we have the Mandalorian, the Mandalorian on Disney plus. What a fantastic, fantastic star Wars show. I mean, honestly, when I started watching season one last year, I didn't think anything could top season one, but season two has topped season one, in my opinion. It is an excellent Star Wars TV series. I mean, what have we learned this season? A uh, little spoilers here if you're not watching it, but um, the child, Baby Yoda, has a name, Grogu. We've seen Bo-Katan. We've seen Ahsoka Tano. We've gotten mentions of Thrawn. And that's only in the first six episodes. There are two episodes left at the time of this recording right now. So these last two episodes are going to be excellent. I, I, there's no other way to put it. They are going to be excellent. And you cannot miss this TV series, The Mandalorian. It is by far my favorite Star Wars, anything outside of the theme parks, outside of Disney World's Galaxy's Edge and the like Rise of the Resistance ride. It's my favorite Star Wars stuff since really the original trilogies. Um, one day we'll, we'll, we'll talk about um, Rise of the Resistance and Galaxy's Edge at Disney World because that's a whole other worldly experience that I can't wait to get back to Disney World and... Uh, go to Galaxy's Edge and rise, ri- ride 
Rise of the Resistance and ride Smuggler's Run, the Millennium Falcon ride, and kind of experience the whole Star Wars land again, the Galaxy's Edge, Batu again, because I think it's fantastic. But um, again, Mandalorian is one of those can't-miss shows for me. And then in November into December, and I'm still currently doing this, I decided to go on a rewatch of Dexter, you know, Showtime's uh, Dexter series, the serial killer who has a code and he only takes out other serial killers. Um, I decided to go on a rewatch of that because Showtime said that they are doing a f- another season of that in 2021. And I kind of want to rewatch it because I watched all of Dexter as it was originally airing. I mean, 15 years ago, 20, whatever it was, 15 years ago. And um, I love the series. There's a lot of forensic science in it. I'm a forensic scientist. There's a lot of uh, drugs and poisons. There's a lot of, I mean, it's a serial killer movie or serial killer TV series. Um, But. I started a rewatch of that. I'm slowly making my way through that. I am in the middle of season three right now. I will probably watch an episode tonight. Um, Probably finish up season three by the end of this weekend and make my way into season four. And then we will slowly be getting back to the the greatest season, I think, of of Dexter with uh, John Lithgow, um, who is the Trinity Killer in the the series and um his appearance and that whole season with him in it is i think the peak of the series but we'll talk about that another day i'm only in middle season three right now once we get to once we get to the trinity killer and and all of that in dexter then we'll talk about that again i'm sure because i think this is a fantastic series if you haven't watched dexter Make time to do it. Um, it's only on Netflix until I think the end of December, and then I think it goes back to Showtime maybe. Uh, but it is a wonderful watch. So just quick, quickly, I will say, Chopped of course gets the shit rating from me here. Mandalorian of course gets the shit rating from me because it's an excellent series. And then Dexter so far on rewatch. I've got to put the first uh, two, three, or the first three or so seasons so far. I'm only, again, I'm only in the middle of season three as a Nobody Asked You Kevin rating of the shit. Anyways, um, we also had a great small Thanksgiving here. I mean, of course, pandemic is still raging on. You shouldn't really be getting um, together with uh, extended family at the moment. Uh, that will change, though, soon. Soon enough, that will change. I mean, vaccines are coming out. They are going to be approved here this month. They will start rolling out this month into the new year. And hopefully by summer of next year, summer of 2021, we'll all be vaccinated and we can stop with wearing the masks. We can stop with social distancing and we can go back to living quote unquote normal. Um, But as of right now, wear your masks, social distance and kind of isolate as much as possible to stop the spread of the virus. But that's my little soapbox. We did have a great small Thanksgiving. We made all the normal stuff. We normally cook for, I mean, 10, 12, 13 people, whatever it is. Uh, But there was only three of us here this year. 
So we made all the normal stuff and we had leftovers for days and it was excellent and awesome. And I can't wait until next Thanksgiving because I love Thanksgiving food. But anyways, it's now December and Christmas is upon us. So I figured we would focus in December on Nobody Asked You Kevin on Christmas or holiday movies and maybe even some Christmas or holiday music as well. Um, this episode, I'm going to have Hayden on here and we will talk about three Christmas holiday films that we just currently watched. And then I'll review a recent rock music album that's not holiday related, but I review a recent rock music album for you. Um, I hope you enjoy and stick around. Listen to these reviews. Dear Santa, this is Kate Pierce. I've been really good this year. I do say bad words every now and then, but that's only when my brother Teddy makes fun of me and I lose my, I mean my temper. Let go, you're gonna break it. <laughs> Who cares, this camera's like 20 years old. I have to work. It's Christmas Eve. You're gonna stay home with your sister. We should make a video. Maybe we could get a shot of Santa Claus. You really have no clue, do you? Nobody's ever seen Santa Claus. Tell me you're getting this. Do you realize how big of a deal this is? We need to get a closer look. Are you crazy? Duck! Can he see us? I don't think so. Hot Cupid! Hot Comet! Oh! Ah! Hold on to something! Santa Claus? Live and in person. One night only. Can you go ho, ho, ho? I don't go ho, ho, ho. That's a myth. Christmas spirit's down 35%. Half the planet's not gonna get toys. So a few brats don't get presents, it's not the end of the world. People need Christmas to remind themselves of how good they can be. Wendy, you got so big! Excuse me? You know what I mean, grown up big. Now, Wendy, we need a ride. Can you call an Uber? You think I can pay the driver with these? Imagine if we all work together. This just might work. We need to rally the reindeer. Comet, me, Comet! And find the elves. I think I'm in the North Pole. The sleigh's busted. Can you guys fix it? Maybe we can still save Christmas. Less than an hour before the sun rises. Whoa. Let's get this party started. We have a Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, you just like wave your hand and Jedi mind trick the cop? I'm Santa Claus, Teddy, not Yoda. Okay, that's enough fun for one night. Are you listening? Comet, you can slow down! Come back here! Must they keep drawing me like that? Does my butt really look that big to you? All right. We are to our movie review section here on this episode. And I've got Hayden here with me. Hello. Say hello. You just said yeah, hello. Say hello. hello again. <laughs> Come on, say hello again. Hello. Okay. Um, it is the holiday time. It is December and we are all about Christmas movies. Yeah. So we're going to start talking about some Christmas movies. We're going to watch some Christmas movies. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about them. Um, and 
there are two, well, there's really one Christmas movie that I know we've seen several times now um, uh, since it debuted in 2018. Mm-hmm. And we, I think we've probably watched this mm-hmm. one quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, I know for, for the last couple of years, it's been a, a, one of a favorite of mine. Mm-hmm. And I know it's been, you've watched it several times too. Yeah. So we'll talk about it. That movie is called The Christmas Chronicles. And uh, Christmas Chronicles is a Christmas comedy film directed by Clay Cadis and written by Matt Lieberman. Mm-hmm. It's rated PG and it's an hour and 43 minutes long. It was released just over two years ago. Mm-hmm. It was released on November 22nd, 2018 on Netflix. So it's just over two years old. Uh, the film stars Darby Camp as Kate Pierce, Judah Lewis as Teddy Pierce who is also the main actor in the Babysitter movies on Netflix. Kimberly Williams Paisley is Claire Pierce. She's the spouse of Brad Paisley. And Oliver Hudson is Doug Pierce. He's just in it for a short bit as the dad. And then we get to who I think is the baddest Santa of all times. Kurt Russell. Yes, the Kurt Russell as Santa Claus or St. Nick or St. Nicholas, whatever you want to call him. Uh, the movie itself, the plot is pretty straightforward. It's a Christmas film. Uh-huh. So there's not a lot of convoluted twists here. Uh, yeah, brother and sister, Kate and Teddy Pierce, they hatch a scheme to capture Santa Claus on camera on Christmas Eve. Uh-huh. Uh, the plan goes awry. The kids then have to join forces with a somewhat jolly Saint Nick. I don't know how you would describe him, but he's not the uh, good old fat man that we like mm-hmm. to talk about when we hear Santa Claus. Not the jolly old Saint Nick. Um, and then he also has his elves, and they all band together to save the holiday before it's too late. The Christmas Chronicles currently holds a Rotten Tomatoes critics rating of 67%. It's rated fresh. It's got a great rating. The audience score is even higher at a 77%. And its IMDb rating is 7.1 out of 10. So this Christmas Chronicles 2018 is a really good rated movie by the critics and by people who watch it. So before we go any further, I'm going to hit spoiler warning because... I'm sure we'll talk about things in the movie, yeah. um, maybe our favorite scenes or something like that, that could very well spoil the film. Mm-hmm. So here we go. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? All right, Hayden. Yeah. All right. So... This is a film I have probably seen probably a good 50 <laughs> times by now. Mm-hmm. 50, 60 times. Uh, when it, I think when it came out in 18, mm-hmm. I think there was like a week or so mm-hmm. that we watched it. I'm, I'm That first week, we probably watched it a good 10, 12 times. Mm-hmm. Just every day or yeah. every night, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, so you've seen this movie before. I've seen yeah. this movie before. We'll just jump right into it. How did you like the movie? It was good. <laughs> You're, yeah. You, you got to come with more than that. Um, <laughs> you got to come with more than that. It, 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 it's, a, it, it's one of those movies um, mm-hmm. that I'll say 
I could see Christmas Chronicles one becoming a Christmas classic, and and Hayden's over here laughing because something mm-hmm. just popped up on yeah. the screen. So, um, but this this is this is one of those films that mm-hmm. I think rare films that comes along every so often where this is an instant classic. This is one of those films that I can watch year in and year out and never get bored with it. Is that right with you? Yeah. Yeah. I it's one of those things where I I'll watch it and I'll watch mm-hmm. it and I'll watch it and I see new things every time. I see new things. I like new scenes. Mm-hmm. I the scenes I didn't like so much I now like. Um but let's just talk about at the very beginning of the movie mm-hmm. you, you have and and I'm going to ask you about a couple things because I yeah. uh, you made some comments during this movie that I, I want to see if you remember while we were watching. So at the, at the very beginning of the movie, um, you have um, uh, Teddy, yeah. played by Judah Lewis. Um, he has basically become a little troublemaker. I mean, mm-hmm. he gets in trouble, and he's he's got his younger sister Kate, played by Darby Camp, um, and she is trying to keep the Christmas spirit alive. Mm-hmm. And because she still believes in Santa Claus, yeah. I hope I'm not breaking it to you <laughs> right now that there is no Santa Claus. But he broke it to me like 12 years ago when you were like negative one. <laughs> but either way, um, I, Teddy has to look after Kate because Mom has to go in to fill in at work for a coworker, kind of uh, going to work mm-hmm. that night. Uh, it's Christmas Eve. Uh, they are watching old Christmas videos, and Kate notices this arm appear on the screen, mm-hmm. and she believes it's Santa Claus. Yeah. And uh, what eventually happens is they do prove that it's Santa Claus, mm-hmm. but before that, there is a scene where Teddy goes out and leaves, mm-hmm. and he kind of gets into a little bit of trouble. Yeah. Why? What? What is he? What is his group of friends? What are they doing? They're breaking into a car in a deli parking lot. Yeah, and you made a comment to me about something. I don't know if you remember that. No, you don't remember. No. Um, you were like, I said, I said, number one, don't break into a car, mm-hmm. and you were like, yeah, don't do it without, don't do it in daylight, and then don't do it. Without gloves on or something like that. So, yeah, always wear gloves, kids. Mm -hmm. Don't leave fingerprints. Yeah. No evidence. Yeah, no evidence. But either way, um, I just want to get right into this. I mean, what were your favorite scenes in this movie? Did you have any favorite scenes? Because I have a couple of favorite scenes. Well, probably when, um, when they're in like, what is what would you call that? What? I don't know what you're talking about. They put, like, the bag of presents in the fire pit. They throw it in the fire pit and he yells out, My sister's in there. Oh, yeah. That's that's later on in the film. But mm-hmm. uh, we'll get back to that scene in a minute. Yeah. There's a there's a scene at the very beginning of the film. There's that stealing the cart scene. But mm-hmm. then there's when they find Santa Claus and they mm-hmm. get transported to Chicago mm-hmm. and they have to try to get out of there. Mm-hmm. They get into this bar, this yeah. restaurant bar, 
And there's a scene in there that I think still I still like to this day because he's going Santa's going around. They're trying to they don't have any money to get back home. His sleigh's not working. Mm-hmm. They don't the reindeer are missing, and he they're trying to get money to get an Uber basically or get back yeah. home somehow. And um, yeah, Santa Claus and an Uber. Yes, uh, the but he goes into this bar and he's trying to talk to these people mm-hmm. and and he, of course Santa Claus knows who all these people are. He yeah. knows their names. He knows their life history. And he goes up to this one this one guy and, and woman, and he's like, I know what you want. Mm-hmm. You have this Porsche out there, mm-hmm. and I know what you've always wanted. And he like produces a mint condition Mickey Mantle rookie card, <laughs> which mm-hmm. I don't remember. Or I remember, but I don't know if you remember how much I told you that was worth. A mint condition Mickey Mantle card. How much is that worth today? You told me it was worth about $3.1 million. Yeah, that's right. Because um, I actually looked it up because I was <laughs> I thought it was around $2 million. Mm-hmm. But I saw that there are about six mint condition rated Mickey Mantle rookie cards in existence. Yeah. And the last one that I saw sold at auction for $3.5 million. <laughs> But he wanted to trade that Mickey Mantle rookie card for that guy's Porsche so they could yeah. go and they mm-hmm. could leave. But what happened? Well, um, his wife just said, deals off, no. And ripped up the card into tiny pieces. And I mm-hmm. screamed inside. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're trading a $100,000, dollars yeah. Porsche mm-hmm. for a $3 million mm-hmm. investment. Yeah. Come on, people. Um, there's also a, a the scene just after that where you have the bartender guy, mm-hmm. and he's an ex-con, and he's actually stolen a car, mm-hmm. and they end up stealing that car. Yeah. And what kind of car is that? It's a Dodge. It's what I used to have. <laughs> it's a Dodge Challenger. Dodge Challenger. Most beautiful car in existence. It's a Charger. But no, it's not a Charger. It's a Challenger. <laughs> But there's a whole car. They steal the yeah. the Dodge Challenger and they go on a car chase with the mm-hmm. police and everything, and going across the across the city. They're in Chicago or whatever. So, um, uh, yeah, there's that. There's those scenes, and then I think later on, there's mm-hmm. Santa. They go to jail. Yeah, gets put into jail, mm-hmm. and they find out mm-hmm. that Santa's trying to get out. Yeah. He wants to get out of jail, of course. Mm-hmm. And, but they put a band together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's it's such a great musical number. Mm-hmm. And I, I just wanted to say, which I, you don't know who these people are, I don't think. No. But um, the guitar player mm-hmm. in there, yeah. and one of the guitar players is Stevie Van Zant, mm-hmm. who is one of the members of Bruce Springsteen's E Street Band. Mm-hmm. So his backing band. Um, he was also in a TV show called The Sopranos, mm-hmm. but that's Stevie Van Zant and uh, some of the E Street Band back there. Um, but that musical number um, was great. Um, it is a, uh, I, I don't know, I don't know what else to say because I, I love this movie so much. I mean, that was one of those that that jail scene with that musical number is is what I really liked. Other than that, you said there was that scene that you really liked. Mm-hmm. Your favorite parts were um, when 
they th- go to throw the Santa sack <laughs> in the fire. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, uh, Kate had gotten yeah. into the bag mm-hmm. and they were, she was trapped in there and it was all, cause it's, it's all magic people. Come on. <laughs> and they were going to throw it in fire and mm-hmm. he's like, no, my sister's in there. And uh-huh. they're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so any parts of this movie you didn't like, well, I mean, what were some parts that. I think you know what I'm going to say. No, you, you tell me. I don't know. I don't <laughs> there know. There was this one part at the beginning. Santa doesn't know they're in a sleigh. A Kate over here oh, okay. is cold. Yeah. She's shivering. And she goes up to Santa Claus, taps him on the shoulder without Santa Claus not even knowing that they're in there. Scares him. Re- uh, basically yeah. releases the reindeer. Messes everything up. Yeah. It's all bad. It was Kate's. It was Kate's fault. Yeah. I mean, she. So they're in the back of a sleigh. Yeah, stupidity and, at its finest. Yeah, stupidity at its finest. Exactly. I mean, they're they have stowed away on his sleigh. They don't. I mean, Santa doesn't know that they are on the sleigh in the back. Mm-hmm. They're up in the up in the sky, traveling really fast, yeah. and it's cold, and mm-hmm. she she's like freezing. So she reaches up. And, like, was going to tap Santa mm-hmm. on the shoulder or something. Yeah. And instead of saying, hey, Santa, look, you yeah. have two kids in your your sleigh back mm-hmm. here. She, like, scares the crap out of him. Mm-hmm. He turns around, yells, because they're not supposed to be kids in that sleigh. Mm-hmm. And and the, the scares the reindeer. They go all crazy with yeah. the sleigh and it ends up crashing the mm-hmm. sleigh and the reindeer scatter and all of that. Yeah, that's that's the one part. Kate was the fault. Yeah. I mean, she was at fault there. Um, set I, the story all off. Yeah, and that's what set the story off. But I, you wouldn't have a movie mm-hmm, yeah. if that didn't happen. I, ultimately, though, I think there there are zero parts of this movie that I don't really mm-hmm. that I didn't like. Mm-hmm. None. I this is one of the very rare movies that I will say this that there are no bad parts in this movie to me. Mm-hmm. And if I could change the movie in any way, mm-hmm. I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I I think Christmas Chronicles Part One or One is a perfect Christmas film. I've said that many times. Mm-hmm. I've said it again. I've said it on other podcasts. They've said it here, and I'll continue saying it. This, if you want a movie, yeah, that you can watch year in year out, put it in your holiday rotation for mm-hmm. Christmas films. This is one of those movies. I think we've already kind mm-hmm. of alluded to this. That, you know, you probably already know too out there listeners but there's a sequel to this we've seen mm-hmm. that one a few times now too mm-hmm. uh we'll talk about it soon i mm-hmm. uh, uh, but ultimately we got to give this movie a rating mm-hmm. and on nobody asked you kevin we have four different ratings mm-hmm. there is loathe entirely that is the worst of the worst mm-hmm shitty movies crappy movies terrible movies yeah never want to watch them again mm-hmm. okay that's the lowest then you have meh it's an okay movie mm-hmm. i mean it's nothing you would want to rush out to see it's nothing that's i mean you would you might not have ever watched it again but hey you're glad you watched it mm-hmm. next rating good yeah <laughs> we keep it simple here nobody asked you kevin good it's a good movie it's not excellent yeah. It's not something that you would, um, necess- I mean, it's not a bad movie, and it's not an excellent movie. It's yeah. good. It's a B rating. Mm-hmm. It's it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. And then we have the top rating, 
It's called The Shit. And this is not a shitty shit. This is the shit. This is a great, excellent film. Something you're going to watch year in, year out, multiple times. It's a work of art. It's a great movie. It's a wonderful film. Mm -hmm. And I think you know what I'm going to rate this. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I got to give the Christmas Chronicles movie (laughs) from 2018. Nobody asked you, Kevin, rating of the shit. I, it's, it, again, it's a perfect film. For me, this is a perfect film. Mm-hmm. What about you? What say you, Hayden? I would give the rating the shit because the only part I didn't like was the part when she did scare the crap out of Santa Claus. And that was a stupid thing. But you wouldn't have the movie unless she didn't do that. So, you, I give it the shit. Oh, hey, that's, I, I agree. I mean, this movie, Christmas Chronicles, if you have not seen it yet, please make time to go watch it. I would be hard-pressed to find someone, I think, that if you are a Christmas movie or holiday movie fanatic, I think like we are, we watch mm-hmm. a lot of Christmas movies and things, um, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find someone that hasn't seen it if they're a fan of mm-hmm. Christmas movies. But if you aren't, I mean, if you are a fan of Christmas movies and you haven't seen it, go immediately. Stop listening to this right now and go watch Christmas Chronicles. I, it's it's one of those films that I think it, it deserves all of the watches. It deserves all of the respect. awards, all of the respect. Yeah, I think that's a good word. All of the respect because it's a really good Christmas film. And then, I mean, I kind of touched on it for a second there, but Kurt Russell yeah. is Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is Kurt Russell. At, I mean, in 2018, he was 67 years old mm-hmm. playing Santa Claus for the first time ever. Mm-hmm. He is such a cool Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. If I ever was wanting to meet Santa Claus in real life, if Santa Claus is real, mm-hmm. I hope that he's, <laughs> it's a Kurt Russell Santa Claus. And you could compare and contrast this to, okay, I'm not sure if we'll talk about these movies, but the Santa Claus movies with yeah. Tim Allen and Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. Tim Allen, in the first Santa Claus movie, and I think mm-hmm. it was in 94, mm-hmm. he was 41 yeah. in that movie. He was a young guy. He was, mm-hmm. I am 39. He was only two years older than me mm-hmm. when he started, when he was Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. Kurt Russell, 67 years old in this movie. Mm-hmm. He's currently 69 two years later, but... I mean, that's how math works, but uh, it's, he's just such a cool Mm -hmm. Santa Claus and he doesn't, I mean, he's got his own little rules. He doesn't go ho, ho, ho. He, Mm -hmm. he's not the jolliest of people. He's got this swagger about him. He can sing, he can dance. Mm -hmm. He's not the fat man that we all know and love. Mm -hmm. Um, But he is just this cool Mm -hmm. Santa Claus. I mean, yeah. I mean, for me, it, that's what I think. I'm not sure what you think regarding him, but um, ultimately, though, I, we both give this rating the shit, mm-hmm. this movie the shit. Uh, it's an excellent movie, and we highly, highly recommend you watch this. Uh, any other final words, Hayden? No. No final words no. about the Christmas Chronicles? No. Okay. So I think that about mm-hmm. ends this review of... The Christmas Chronicles from 2018. You can find it on Netflix right now. We actually just rewatched it again. 
so for the hundredth and hundred twentieth time mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, but put this in your Christmas rotation. Mm-hmm. You won't be disappointed. You're on hallowed ground here. We're about to witness something that no one else on Earth has ever seen before. Let's see if you can handle this! Guess this is your lucky day, you cat. Welcome to the North Pole. Santa! (laughs) Kate Pierce. How did you get here? You and Jack are supposed to be on vacation with your family. Our shuttle fell into this wormhole. Have a nice trip. Mrs. Claus? Uh-huh. Ah! Ah! What is that thing? Use an F. You're in Santa's village. The real one. Wow, this is incredible. We have over 300,000 shops in the village. Whoa. Everyone designed by Mrs. Claus. <laughs> she designed this place. I think it should be called Mrs. Claus's village. Me too. Well, I never thought of that. Of course you didn't. What is that? That is the Christmas star. Created by the forest elves in 312 AD. The star protects us and keeps us hidden. And I'm here to steal it. What's happening? I'm gonna make everybody forget that the North Pole and Santa Claus ever existed. Bellsnickel. This is bad. Without the star, the North Pole, the village, Christmas is doomed! Like for this year? Like forever. We can't let that happen. Christmas must endure. Let's do this. We have to stop him. (laughs) Hold on tight. This might get a little rough. Isn't it dangerous out there? I'm arming you with these. You're arming me with cookies. You spend every hour of every year getting ready for one lousy day. Happy Sunday! Come on! A day that brings joy to children all over the world. And that will never change. Sometimes I think you actually enjoy these little dangerous escapades. I, I, well, I, I, eh. All right, we are back. And we are talking sequel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Christmas Chronicles mm-hmm. Part 2. Right? Yeah. Yeah, we actually just finished watching this one again. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we, you just heard us talk about Christmas Chronicles Part 1. Mm-hmm. And we're back to talk about Christmas Chronicles Part 2. Um, Christmas Chronicles Part 2. It's a Christmas comedy film mm-hmm. and a sequel to the appropriately titled... Christmas Chronicles. And this one is appropriately titled Christmas Chronicles Part 2, if I haven't sent it too many times already. Uh, This sequel was written by Matt Lieberman, who worked on the first one. It was also directed by Chris Columbus. But you have probably heard, if you like holiday movies, if you like 90s movies and 2000s movies, you have probably heard of Chris Columbus before. I mean, Chris Columbus did uh, Home Alone. He He wrote The Goonies. He wrote some of the Gremlins. He did directed the first couple of Harry Potters, some um, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Um, he knows his stuff. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, he knows his stuff. And one of, I mean, to me, Home Alone is one of the other beloved sort of mm-hmm. Christmas films or holiday films. And he, he did that film. So um, much like the first movie, this one is rated PG. This one's just about 10, 12 minutes longer than yeah. an hour and 55 minutes. Uh, so it's just a bit longer, a shade longer. Uh, this film, though, part two, mm-hmm. was released just before Thanksgiving 2020. Mm-hmm. So November 25th is when it was actually released on Netflix, as was the first one. Uh, so almost two years after. And guess what? Mm-hmm. The film itself is set two years in the future. Yep. So two years have passed. Most of the cast is the same in this movie. Yeah. I mean, you, you had a pretty small cast in the first movie. Yeah. Uh, this movie actually has a few more people in it. Um, you have Darby Camp again as Kate Pierce. Mm-hmm. A little bit older. Yeah. You have Judah Lewis. He's in the movie for a bit um, as Teddy Pierce. Mm-hmm. I believe uh, when this movie was being filmed... Mm-hmm. Uh, since I believe that Judah Lewis was also filming the Babysitter Killer Queen or the second Babysitter movie at the same or roughly the same time, um, so he doesn't have as big of a role in this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kimberly Williams Paisley is Claire, the mom. Uh, this time, Dad has died. I mean, yeah. Dad's been dead for yeah. a while. Tyrese, Fast and Furious Tyrese. I mean, he's done all sorts of things. He's in the movie as Bob Booker. Which is kind of a weird name for Tyrese, but um, uh, his son Jack Booker is played by Jazir Bruno, mm-hmm. and then Kurt Russell is back as Santa Claus. Yeah, Goldie Hawn, mm-hmm. Kurt Russell's longtime partner and wife in real life. I mean, they've been married like thirty-seven, mm-hmm. near forty years or whatever now in real life, but she is Mrs. Claus. Mm-hmm. And something I don't think we mentioned it in our. Christmas Chronicles one talk mm-hmm. was Goldie Hawn made a guest appearance, like a cameo yeah. at the very end of the movie. Yeah, like a little bit. Kind of like just a quick cameo. She was in it for like a minute mm-hmm. at the very end. But she is in this movie one hundred percent. Yeah. I mean she is a main, main character. Kids. Yeah, one of the main characters mm-hmm. in this movie. Um and then you have who turns out to be the villain of the movie, mm-hmm. Julian Dennison as Bell Snickle. Mm-hmm. Um, he's an elf. He gets turned into a human, which we'll talk about again here. But you've probably seen Julian De- Dennison in other movies. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you recall. I know you haven't seen one of them, A Hunt for the Wilder People. Um, I've, that's a good movie. Mm-hmm. Watch that one. Um, uh, but he was the villain in Deadpool 2. Yeah, I know that. The, the, the Fire Hands. Yeah, the Fire Hands kid. I can't mm-hmm. remember his name. I thought he was the worst part of Deadpool 2. Mm-hmm. I didn't like him as a villain. And uh, we'll get into other things about him as well here. But uh, much like the first movie, mm-hmm. this one's pretty straightforward mm-hmm. as well. I mean, this one's got a much more branching plot to it. There's a yeah. lot more stuff going on in this mm-hmm. one than the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, Kate Pierce, who is now a teenager and pretty cynical, um, she is kind of unexpectedly, unexpectedly reunited with Santa Claus. When a mysterious troublemaker named Belsnickel threatens to cancel Christmas forever. Christmas Chronicles 2 currently holds a Rotten Tomatoes critics rating of 73%. Mm-hmm. And as it's rated fresh. So it's actually rated higher than the first one. Mm-hmm. Critics rating. But 
the audience score is 54% for this one. So audience score. So I don't know what was going on with the mm-hmm. audience here, but the audience that's rating this movie, at least, mm-hmm. isn't liking the second one as much as the first. Mm-hmm. We'll see what we say yeah. about it here in a bit. Mm-hmm. But at least the rated audience, they're not giving as great a score. Mm-hmm. has an IMDb rating of 6.1 out of 10, so yeah. not as great as the first one. But mm-hmm. we'll see. Again, I'm going to hit the spoiler alarm right now because... I mean, while this isn't an in-depth review of the movie, we will be talking about our favorite scenes or some things that happen mm-hmm. in the movie. And and it, if you don't want to hear that, then you can just move on from this. Um, but we will possibly spoil some of the movie. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? So much like the first one, that we've seen a yeah. 11 billion times or whatever it's been. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen this movie several times now. Mm-hmm. Um, not as much as the first one because obviously this one just came out. Mm-hmm. I mean, what it's only been out, what, eight days plus, mm-hmm. what is that, 13 days or whatever? Not even two weeks yet. Um, so it, we haven't seen it as much, but I've seen it probably four or five times now. Um, how'd you like the movie? It was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> the first one you said, good. Yeah. And this one was amazing. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we'll start there with you then. Yeah. What are your favorite parts of the film? Um, probably, um, when... Because this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to tell me probably something amazing here. They show the whole, like, Santa Claus's village, he calls it. That, I will... I was, I'm going to stop you right there huge. for a second. Because that's my favorite part of the movie, <laughs> too. <laughs> that is my absolute favorite part. Go ahead, describe or you know, if you want to say what it's about or what they do. So basically, they have these huge doors, which is basically a stable for the reindeers. They open the doors, and it just shows all of these houses and places where the elves make toys, and this huge tree, and it's Santa Claus's village. He calls it. Yeah, yeah. and and and, uh, and Jack basically speaks up and says this is actually mrs claus's village (laughs) because i mean honestly mrs claus is in charge (laughs) so but no that that is out of all of the entire movie Mm -hmm. that's like my favorite part is that scene where i mean they get transported uh jack and um kate get transported to the north pole Mm -hmm. they get rescued by santa because yeah. they're left out in the cold, mm-hmm. and Santa finds them, just happens upon them, and transports them back. He takes them back mm-hmm. to uh, the village there. They get some sleep, and they get warmed up, and they get some hot chocolate. They get all this nice stuff in them, mm-hmm. and then Santa and Mrs. Claus kind of takes them around. Yeah, show them around all the Show places. them around, and it, it's, I love that part where, mm-hmm. hey, they go to this shop. And they see... Yeah, like the Lego shop and then like the candy cane maker. The candy cane maker shop. I like that because you have the one elf. And again, we I don't think we said it in the first one, but the mm-hmm. elves aren't like like people. Yeah. They're like CGI elf. Mm-hmm. I don't even... Animal monster type things. Yeah. They, they look gremlins. weird. They Gremlins or something. Yeah. yeah. Like based off gremlins probably. Yeah. And... But they're the same in this movie, mm-hmm. of course. But 
there there's this candy cane guy he's working on the yeah. line like the assembly line mm-hmm. making the candy canes and he's like and so he can't control himself and he's like eating all the candy canes and everything and he even says he can't control himself yeah. and and then they go to another shop and they go to another shop and it's i i just love that whole montage of scenes <laughs> that they're getting introduced mm-hmm. to um santa's village or mrs claus's village and I will point out that the elves have their own movie theater yeah. in Santa Claus's village. And what movie is playing? As the elves go bad? No, no. What The movie that's playing elf. when they are first introduced. Elf. The, yeah, Elf. The, <laughs> the, the Will Ferrell Elf movie. It's, it's playing. It's up on the marquee. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just had some nice touches with that and um, some of the other things going on in those scenes. But I... I there was, so that's your favorite. That's my favorite. Um, do you have any other favorite parts of the film or? Well, basically the whole part, the whole movie was my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, let's see. Uh, so uh, I did like that they, let's see, let's see some parts that I liked. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of that Santa Village scene yeah. and the montage scenes. Um, I did like how they incorporated the origin story of Santa mm-hmm. Claus, like the Turkish origins, yeah. um, and how he saved the, the elves from extinction mm-hmm. and those sorts of things. They got into Bell Snickles' background. Backstory. Yeah, kind of the background. Um, because um, he saved the elves from extinction. Bell Snickle was kind mm-hmm. of well, almost well. like Santa's son at that time, yeah. child. I mean, mm-hmm. he, Santa focused all of his attention on Bell Snickle. And then once um, Belsnickel kind of grew up and all the elves came around and the, he got Santa got busier with Christmas and mm-hmm. he had less and less time to spend with Belsnickel. So Belsnickel kind of started doing bad mm-hmm. things, yeah. getting a little naughty, mm-hmm. I guess you want to say. Mm-hmm. And he became a troublemaker. He transformed into a human and he kind of ran away. Yeah. Um, I, later on in the movie, there's also a Yule cat, mm-hmm. which I thought was pretty cool, uh, called Jola, the, the Yule cat, um, who injures Dasher, mm-hmm. which is yeah. kind of sad. Um, so, so Belsnickel's not a good character. He's an evil, at least misunderstood at the beginning. Um, I'm not going to, we're not going to get into mm-hmm. kind of the whole story of, of what Belsnickel does. Mm-hmm. Um, but he does steal or try mm-hmm. to steal the um, uh, source of power. The source of, of power the, of what that, that has Santa's kind of, Santa's and the elves yeah. have built that casing around the Star mm-hmm. of Bethlehem. And I, that kind of, kind of encases, that, that encapsulates mm-hmm. all the power that keeps the elves safe, mm-hmm. that keeps Santa safe, keeps mm-hmm. the North Pole Kind of Under hidden protection, protection um, uh, th- those sort of things. Belsnickel is is not good, and he tries to get back at him um, because he's kind of harboring all these dark feelings, and he's he's envious of what Santa has been able to do with the elves over the years, mm-hmm. and he's just not in a very good place. We'll just say mm-hmm. that. But other than that, um, they do get transported mm-hmm. back in time. So. <laughs> There was no time travel in the first one. Yeah. 
I mean, they there was there was travel to different cities. I mean, mm-hmm. they got transported across the country from Massachusetts to Chicago. Mm-hmm. But this one, they actually go back to when. 1990. 1990. And I was nine in 1990. I'm mm-hmm. old, but um, but they go to Boston um, Airport in mm-hmm. 1990. And um, I'm just going to say that that, is, I mean, that was probably, there's my second favorite scene in that, the airport. Mm-hmm. And then there's the scene that I kind of rolled my eyes at. Mm-hmm. So... The scene that I liked yeah. is the whole musical number, because I'm a mm-hmm. sucker for good musical numbers. Mm-hmm. I love good musical numbers, mm-hmm. and Kurt Russell mm-hmm. can sing, can dance, mm-hmm. and of course he wasn't doing all the flips and kick flips yeah. and stuff in the, in the dance numbers, but that, that Spirit of Christmas song is a great holiday mu- piece of music. Um, <laughs> it, I enjoyed that a lot, and just seeing badass Santa Claus... Mm-hmm. Just dancing around and singing. That was great again. Because you saw that in the first film as well. Yeah. I mean, when they were in jail. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's the scene where she just happens. Mm-hmm. Who does she run across in, in the airport? Her dead dad. Well, oh, yeah, her, her yeah, dad yeah. is dead yeah. and now in real life. But it's 1990. Yeah. So her dad is how old? 13? Yes, yeah. 13. He was he's 13 in 1990. Mm-hmm. He she kind of happens to run across him and they kind of meet up and and talk about it. She realizes that was her dad mm-hmm. in the end um and they have some nice words yeah. and he talks to her about being a true believer and keep mm-hmm. keep on believing and and those sort of things. I mean, it's a Christmas movie, so uh but I just kind of I kind of rolled my eyes at that a little bit. That's it's one of those parts in the movie. It's, it, it's a nice, warm, mm-hmm. happy feeling type of scene, but I could have really done without that. Um, other than that, there's there's a heck of a lot here that I love. Um, I I pretty much all of the rest of the movie I like. Mm-hmm. There's the end with. Um, when when they're fighting a back against Belsnickel yeah. and Belsnickel's trying to steal the star and he gets a hold of the star and then he smashes the star and they have to rebuild it and and all of that. Um, yeah, so other than that, I mean, I I kind of love everything else about the movie. I mean, this is a I, I think a good addition mm-hmm. to the first movie, a yeah. good sequel. Um, so with that. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything about the movie that you would change or any parts I know that you didn't like in this film? Cause I know in the first film you had mm-hmm. a scene that you yeah. didn't like, but in this film, is there anything you didn't like or did you like all of it? Cause I you called it, it am- you yeah. called it amazing yeah. earlier. So I liked it all. Never change anything to the movie. Oh, hey, hey, you heard it here first. <laughs> Hayden liked it all. I'm guessing I can already tell you what his rating is going to be, yeah. but we'll get to that part in a minute. Um, if I could change a movie, I... This is this is the other part of the movie where I would change. I cannot see the actor Julian Dennison. He's a great actor. Great actor. Can do his stuff. He knows how to do it. But I don't think he can play a villain very well. I don't think he's a very good villain. He just it's like a ham-fisted role. It's it's just over the top. I just cannot get over him as a villain. Hunt for the Wilder People. Great movie with him in it. He did an excellent job. Yeah, Hunt for the Wilder People. Mm-hmm. Excellent film. 
I highly recommend anybody watch that. Mm-hmm. Great film. He did a great job. Deadpool 2. Yeah. He was the weakest part of Deadpool 2, mm-hmm. I thought. Didn't like his portrayal of the villain. Mm-hmm. This movie. Ultimately, I think he's the mm-hmm. weakest part of this film. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me. Not to you. Yeah. You might love mm-hmm. him. To me. I just can't I just can't see him as a villain. I don't know why. He just doesn't come off as a villain to me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's just the way he pronounces his lines or enunciates or I mean, I I don't know what it is about him, but he just doesn't come off as a villain to me. So, if I had to change a movie, I'd probably put someone else mm-hmm. in his role. Yeah. But I have no idea who I would put in his role. So, I'm not a director. I'm not a movie director. I don't know. I'm just saying, for me, it didn't work. But that's the only thing I would change. Only thing I would change about the film. And you said you wouldn't change anything about the film. Yeah. Because it was all amazing. Yeah. So, like I said, this was the sequel to Christmas Chronicles Part 1. This is Mm -hmm. Part 2. You gave the rating, Mm -hmm. and I gave the rating for Part 1 of the shit and the shit. We both gave it the shit. Mm -hmm. We thought it was an excellent film. I'm going to let you go first here, and what is your rating for The Christmas Chronicles Part 2 on Nobody Asked You, Kevin? My rating is The Shit. The Shit. And I, I honestly, this is a great film, too, mm-hmm. to me. Outside of the minor nitpicks that I have, and they are minor, I mean, it, story's great, writing's great, acting's mm-hmm. great outside of Julian Denson. Um, and then, I mean, all of it is great. It's a worthy sequel to Christmas Chronicles Part 1. And mm-hmm. I kind of hope they make us Part 3 and a Part 4. Probably will. As long as Kurt Russell mm-hmm. can keep making movies as Santa Claus mm-hmm. every couple of years. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see him make Santa Claus again. Yeah. And I'd love to see Goldie Hawn as Mrs. Claus again. Mm-hmm. I think they're great. And they obviously have a lot of on-screen chemistry because they're married in real life mm-hmm. and have been for decades. Um, so I give this movie, Christmas Chronicles Part 2, a rating of the shit as well. Mm-hmm. I think it's, like I said, it's a worthy follow-up mm-hmm. to Part 1. And it's going to be one of those films that I think we watch year in, year out at Christmas time, much like Christmas Chronicles 1, much like many other Christmas movies mm-hmm. that we watch. So... Any other final words from you? No. No? Other than I would say mm-hmm. watch Christmas Chronicles Part 1 if you haven't. And if you haven't, if you have, go watch Part 2. Mm-hmm. And if you have watched Part 2 already, watch 1 and 2 again. They are excellent films. It's the most wonderful time of the year. With the kids jingle bell. Merry Christmas! Looks like Martha Stewart threw up in here. This is delicious, honey. A little dry. Well, mine's delicious. Mine's dry. Do you want to trade? It's the It's Christmas. It's Christmas. It's Christmas. With those holiday greetings and How are we going to survive Christmas with 12 people stuck in a house with no heat and no electricity? Or food. There's plenty of leftovers, Howard. Beer it is. It's the weirdest thing. There's no cars, no people. How long can this keep up?
heard something on the roof. What the hell is this? St. Nicholas is not coming this year. Instead, a much darker ancient spirit. Those are hooves. Elk or a goat? What kind of goat walks on its hind legs? His name is Krampus. He and his helpers did not come to give, but to take. Everybody, hold on to each other. He is the shadow of St. Nicholas. It's Christmas. Nothing bad's gonna happen on Christmas. All right, we are back again this episode with a, another Christmas movie review. Mm-hmm. It's something I've never talked about on this podcast. I've talked about some Christmas holiday horror films, mm-hmm. but this is a different Christmas holiday horror film. It is Krampus mm-hmm. from 2015, Christmas comedy horror movie written and directed by Michael Doherty, or Dotry, Doherty, I think it's how um, you say that. I'm not sure if you know who Michael Doherty, Dotry is. No. Okay. One of your favorite Halloween movies was also written and directed by this guy okay, from 2007. Let's just see if you can guess. One of your favorite villains. Um, I don't know. You've dressed up as him for Halloween before. Not this past Halloween, but the Halloween before that. Scream? Mm, I don't know. Sam! Oh. Trick, or, trick or treat? Trick or treat? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, Michael Dortry did Trick or Treat from 2007, mm. that anthology movie. This movie is rated PG-13. It's not rated R, even though it would be a cool rated R movie, I think. Uh, it's an hour and 38 minutes or so long, so to me it's a middle-of-the-road length movie. It was released almost five years exactly to the day. It was re- uh, December 4th, ni- or December 4th, 2015 is when it was released. All right, the Krampus itself stars Adam Scott, Tony Collette, David Keschner, Allison Tolman, Conchata Farrell, MJ Anthony, Stefania Lavi Owen and other people in the film, but they're the main actors. So this has got a pretty. I mean, Tony Collette has won awards. Adam Scott's pretty famous. David Kishner's a comedian. I, there's some really good actors in this movie, but the plot itself is pretty simple. It's about a dysfunctional family fighting, quarreling, bickering, and all of this causes the young boy in the family, the son. To lose his festive spirit is what I like to say. So once he loses that spirit, Krampus is unleashed. And you say, Krampus? Well, he's the horned demonic beast from ancient European folklore who 
punishes naughty children at Christmas time. As Krampus lays siege to the neighborhood, the family must band together to save one another from the evil Santa Claus, because that's what he actually is. He's the evil, the opposite of Santa Claus. Uh, Krampus made $61.5 million back in 2015, and it only had a $15 million budget. So it made, it was a very profitable movie. It currently holds a fresh rating on um, Rotten Tomatoes, a 66% critics rating, an average score of 6.1 out of 10, holds a 51% audience score, so not as high, with an average score of 3.2 out of 5. The movie's IMDb rating is 6.2 out of 10. So, I mean, it's got some decent ratings. So, before we get to the movie, Hayden, do you know anything about Krampus? Um, I know that. What do you um, What do you know about Krampus? Um, obviously he punishes children that are bad around the holidays. They lose their spirit. He comes, takes them, like, basically snatches their whole family with his, like, what would you call those things? Well, like, what what does he look like? Like a demonic beast type, like, hmm, like Bigfoot demonic beast thing. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, you're 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 pretty much right there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Krampus. When we talk about Krampus, we 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 really think of December. When we think of December, we think of typically elves and reindeer and mm-hmm. Santa Claus. Uh, Christmas itself takes place on Christmas Eve is December 24th, and then Christmas Day the 25th. Mm-hmm. That's when Santa Claus or Kris Kringle, St. Nicholas comes and, and delivers presents mm-hmm. to all the good children, good girls, good boys of the world. Um, but we're talking about Krampus or Krampus Night or Krampus Nacht. Um, it takes place 20 days earlier on December 5th. So mm-hmm. it was just about a few days ago actually, is when this happened. And you see, Krampus is actually one of the companions of St. Nicholas in like folklore and beliefs from countries like Austria, Bavaria, Croatia, Hungary, Northern Italy, and Slovenia. Um, <laughs> in, in that folklore and those beliefs, you have not just St. Nicholas mm-hmm. for the good children, but you also have Krampus for the bad children. Mm-hmm. So, in... Krampus, in the legend, he's hairy, usually kind of black or brown hair, but sometimes you'll see him with, like, snow white hair. Uh, He has cloven hooves, so it Mm -hmm. looks like he has horse hooves. Uh, And he has the horns of a goat, Mm -hmm. typically. And you see these long, sometimes they're curled up, Mm -hmm. and sometimes they're just long, straight, they go straight up into the air, Mm -hmm. um, horns of a goat. He's typically got a long pointed tongue as well that sometimes will roll out, but sometimes it'll just be sticking out. Um, And then he has fangs sometimes too. Mm -hmm. Uh, He typically carries things like chains Mm -hmm. and whips, uh, bells, bundles of branches to like smack people with, smack kids. Mm -hmm. So he uses those branches and those bundles of branches to swat children, swat the bad children. He carries those chains to chain them up and, Mm -hmm. and... and in some stories, he uses a whip instead of branches. Other versions, he carries a sack or a basket. Mm-hmm. And that is what he uses to carry off evil children to kind of later drown them, eat them, mm-hmm. or transport them to hell. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's pretty wicked folklore. It's pretty wicked beliefs. It's You have Santa Claus for all the good children. 
you have Krampus for all the bad kids out there. So anyways, let's, let's get back to the movie. Um, but that's a little bit about Krampus. Let's hit the spoiler warning right now. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Have you actually watched this movie before? Yes. So you've seen this movie before. Mm-hmm. I've seen this movie several times. How do you like this movie? It's good. It's good? Yeah. Just a good movie? Mm-hmm. Uh, any favorite parts for you? Um, one of my favorite parts was probably when when they find um, whatever the person's boyfriend is called, is named, and he's frozen in the truck and stuff. Yeah, they mm-hmm. find him after mm-hmm. a while. Um, uh, I think from the very beginning of the movie, though, mm-hmm. the opening scenes of the movie, do you recall what those opening scenes were? Because it's it very, like, it's very indicative of what's going on right now before mm-hmm. Christmas and how people are. Mm-hmm. So what was happening? Uh, there was hundreds of people trying to get toys, probably for their children, trying to get everything, and people were fighting over things, being mean to each other, probably. There was background music, so you really couldn't hear what they were saying, but you could probably speculate that they were probably. Cussing at each other and saying, give me that and stuff. That's true. Uh, they, that opening scene, um, uh, it, it was set like in a grocery store mm-hmm. and like department stores. And it, it's the typical scenes that you think of when you think of Black Friday shopping, like mm-hmm, after Thanksgiving yeah. and holiday shopping where it's just mass chaos. Mm-hmm. People everywhere, people fighting, um, people um, mm-hmm. getting arrested by the police, getting tased by the police. Kids being brats and crying and whining. Basically, people just over it. People mm-hmm. are just completely over it. And it was all set to music, as you said. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if you remember what song it was. Wasn't it Carol the Bells? No, it wasn't Carol the Bells. It was Bing Crosby's It's Beginning to Look a Lot oh, Like yeah, Christmas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it that just set the kind of juxtaposition of that cheery song, holiday mm-hmm. song, with the mass chaos and the selfishness and the greediness of, of those shoppers. Um, I thought it was an excellent, excellent scene. Um, but what else did you like about this film? Because I don't, I don't want to really spoil it because I want mm. a lot of people to watch it if they haven't seen it because I think it's something that needs to be watched. Well, but. another one of my favorite parts is at the end where he goes um, and finally meets Krampus. And this big sleigh and stuff, like his version of Santa Claus's sleigh and the rain, like his reindeer, whatever they call, and all of like the toys and stuff are there, and all of the different kinds of demons probably and stuff. Yeah, I think I think that's one of the things in here because um, you have you have Krampus who's mm-hmm. kind of on the outside trying to attack this family in their house, mm-hmm. and but he's got these toys. Mm-hmm. So there's like a, a teddy bear, a jack-in-the-box, a doll, if I remember right. But they're all, this teddy bear looks like demonic. I mean, they all have these this jack-in-the-box guys running around. <laughs> and they're terrorizing the family as well. Um, and I think it's extremely well done um, because it, there's, there is a lot of comedy in the movie. Mm-hmm. And there is horror in the movie. I mean, it is about Krampus. So it, it is obviously set up Christmas time. But... It's one of those films that I think it does everything pretty well. Mm-hmm. But when you get to the ending, mm-hmm. do you recall what happened in the very end? 
that um he said he just doesn't want he regrets his wish about he doesn't want Christmas anymore and he just wants it to go reset and everything and Krampus actually makes that wish come true and he wakes up and it's his family that actually gets together this time but, and they're getting along but there's a mm-hmm. twist right oh yeah they all remember what happened with Krampus when he finds out under the tree he looks in a present and in the present it's the Krampus bell. And then it kind of slowly pans out. The mm-hmm. camera pans out. And it turns out that Krampus has kind of put them in a snow globe. Mm-hmm. Right? They're all in a snow globe that looks like their house. And and then it pans out even further. And it sees like Krampus's lair. Mm-hmm. And there's like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of snow globes out mm-hmm. there. So... It's kind of a twist ending here where you think it's kind of worked out really well for the family. And they think it's worked out well for a bit until they Mm -hmm. find out that they start to remember, slowly remember, hey, we were attacked by Krampus. Mm -hmm. And I still don't think that something, I think something's still up here. They don't exactly know where they are, Mm -hmm. but they are transported to this kind of magical snow globe. And... um they're in Krampus's lair and that's how it basically ends. So, I mean, I, 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 I love that little twist ending because mm-hmm. it's not the standard straightforward ending that you thought you were going to get. When I first saw it, I was like, Oh, okay. That's pretty cool. Um, do you like that twist ending or? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so any parts that you didn't like of this film? Well, I didn't really have parts I didn't like. But parts I would rather change okay. to make it better okay, that so I would like. What would you change then? Um, you know, when at the end again, when he throws the bell down on the snow, I would I would see Krampus talk. I would like to him for to talk. I would be cool if he talked. Okay, or so if he kind of said some stuff yeah. in some sort of like demonic voice or Krampus mm-hmm. voice or whatever he might say. Mm-hmm. Kind of address them in his yeah. in a different way, mm-hmm. kind of like the anti Santa, the anti Santa, where instead of saying ho ho ho, he would mm-hmm. say something evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would have been pretty cool, I think. I mean, honestly, I, I thought the twist ending was pretty cool, um, but I could see it going different ways. I mean, I would I would almost like to see Krampus kill everybody (laughs) except for one of the people maybe the kid Mm -hmm. maybe he ends up killing all of them because they're all greedy brats or whatever they're all they're adults but they're brats Mm -hmm. um they're all greedy people they're all out for themselves Uh, maybe it would have been better if he would krampus would have killed them all Mm -hmm. and then the kid had to live grow up knowing that krampus was real Mm -hmm. and krampus would visit him again if he became a greedy adult so i don't know just one way it might change a movie i like the movie though uh would you want to see more krampus movies like this i mean set in with these people in this world or because i know there's a lot of other krampus movies Mm -hmm. out there but they're not the same as this one there are different Mm -hmm. takes on the the krampus legend and the folklore Mm -hmm. so would you like to see more yeah yeah all right so i think it's time to rate this movie Mm mm-hmm Okay, so again, we've got the, from the bottom to the top, mm-hmm. loathe entirely, mm-hmm. meh, good, or the shit for Nobody Asked mm-hmm. You Kevin ratings. 
I'm gonna let you go first. I my rating would be good. Good. Mm-hmm. So Hayden gives Krampus from 2015 a good rating, and I honestly would give it a good rating as well. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's to the level of the shit. I don't think it's an excellent, excellent film. There are other Christmas horror films that I would put in the excellent category. Mm-hmm. This one I would put in the good category. It's one. It's a good film. It's not an average film. It's not a terrible film. Mm-hmm. But it's just not that top tier Christmas horror film. Um, if you do like this film though, and you haven't seen Trick or Treat, the Halloween movie, again, mm-hmm. stop. Which just stop listening to this right now. I know it's Christmas time. I know it's holiday time here, winter. But go watch Trick or Treat from mm-hmm. 2007 from the same writer and director of this movie. Because that is a great mm-hmm. horror Halloween anthology. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but this one, I would love to see more. Um, mm-hmm. But it's a good film. So with that, you have any other final words about Krampus? No. No? No. Other than mm-hmm. behave, be mm-hmm. nice. While Santa Claus mm-hmm. sees when you're sleeping, he knows when you've been naughty, he knows when you've been nice. Krampus also knows when you've been naughty mm-hmm. and when you've been nice. And he'll come get you. Mm-hmm. He'll kick your ass. Mm-hmm. He will beat you down. Yeah. Yeah. If he's not the real Santa Claus, give me a hell no. Not looking good for uh, Chris Kringle there. Santa, straight from the bottom of Stone Cold's heart, I got a little Christmas present for you myself. me then you know one of my favorite pure rock bands of the last 20 years is a band called shine down shine down if you if you don't know who they are uh, they are a band who formed out of jackson jacksonville florida in 2001 uh, current members are brent smith on lead vocals zach myers on lead and rhythm guitar and backing vocals eric bass on bass guitar and backing vocals as well and then Barry Kirch on drums. Uh, since 2003, Shinedown has released six studio albums, two live albums, and five EPs. So early albums from Shinedown, like Leave a Whisper in 2003, gave us songs like Fly From the Inside, Burning Bright, and 45. Some versions of the album also have an excellent, excellent, excellent cover version of Leonard Skinner's Simple Man. That cover version is so good to hear live. I'm not sure when we'll get to hear live music again. Will it be here in a few months? Will it be the summer? Will it be next fall? I don't know, but I cannot wait 
to get back to listening to live music because that's ultimately I've missed that a lot during this pandemic. Everything's shut down and rightfully so. But once it's safe again to see live music and hear live music, I can't wait to get back to it. But back to Shine Down, their uh, 2008 album, The Sound of Madness, which in my opinion is a complete masterpiece and it's one of my most listened to albums front to back pretty much ever. Uh, that gave us gave us songs like Devour, Sounds of or Sound of Madness, Second Chance, The Crow and the Butterfly, If You Only Knew, and What a Shame. Um, Shinedown also released what was pretty much my favorite rock album of 2018 when they debuted Attention Attention, which had some really really nice, positive, uplifting rock music on it. Songs like Get Up, songs like Brilliant. If you were ever in doubt, don't sell yourself short, you might be bulletproof. Hard to move mountains when you're paralyzed, but you gotta try, and I'm calling. Get up, get up, get up, move on. Get up, get up, what's taking so long? Get up, get up, get up. That's not what I'm here to talk about today in this segment. What I'm here to talk about is a little side project that Brent Smith and Zach Myers have undertaken kind of sporadically throughout the last five to six years. This is an acoustic side project called Smith and Myers. Pretty appropriately named Smith and Myers. The first EPs uh, were released in 2014 and they were simply titled Acoustic Sessions Parts 1 and 2. Chine down the band, Brent Smith, um, they solicited requests and suggestions for songs to cover from their fans on Facebook and social media. Uh, Brent Smith went so far as to say, and I quote, This is for the fans. They picked the songs and we recorded them. It's as simple as that. And I must say that our audience has great taste, end quote. And these EPs really do cover a lot of great tunes. Part one of the acoustic sessions has uh, versions of The Clash's London Calling, Otis Redding's Sitting on the Dock of the Bay, Metallica's Nothing Else Matters, The Black Crow's She, uh, she Talks to Angels, Kenny Wayne Shepherd's Blue on Black, um, Soul Asylum's Runaway Train. Part two includes Adele's Someone Like You, Bon Jovi's Wanted Dead or Alive, Pearl James Black, and I believe also Phil Collins in the air tonight, a cover of that. And all of it is tremendously well done. All of it is is, is extremely well done. Uh, both Brent Smith and Zach Myers are completely at the top of their craft while singing and playing these cover songs. Uh, standouts to me personally are their cover of She Talks to Angels, as well as Blue on Black and Runaway Train. But there's not a bad or even just okay cover to be found here on these two albums. So believe me when I say this, this is all really good music on these two albums. Can you help me remember how to smile? Make it somehow all seem worthwhile. How on earth did I get so jaded? Life's mystery seems so faded. I can go Just a drowning in the rain With a ticket for a 
But that was mid-2014. This is now mid-to-end-2020. And I started seeing rumblings on Shinedown social media in the, in the summertime about the potential resurrection of this acoustic side project. And guess what? They announced they were coming back with another acoustic album and once again asked for fan requests over social media for songs for them to cover. Um, that was June to August, so mid-2020. And then in October, they dropped two new EPs, simply titled, this time... Not Acoustic Sessions Part 1 and 2, but Smith and Myers, Volume 1 and Volume 2. Also this time, it's not just guitar and vocals. Zach Myers actually added some piano to some of the songs, and Zach also sings lead vocals in a song or two. And it's mostly acoustic. Not all. Not all of it's acoustic. So songs included on Volume 1 are, are four. There's four originals. Not Mad Enough, The Weight of It All, Panic, Coast to Coast, and Since You Were Mine, along with covers of Neil Young's Rockin' in the Free World, Post Malone's Better Now, In Excess's Never Tear Us Apart, um, The Zootons, uh, Valerie, which was made famous by Amy Winehouse and Mark Ronson after the fact, um, but and then, and then Unchained Melody, they covered Unchained Melody, which was made, made most famous by the Righteous Brothers. Volume 2 includes five originals, Bad at Love, New School Shiver, GBLGBD, Like You Never Left, and One More Time. And then it also has covers of Billie Eilish's Bad Guy, Peter Gabriel's Sledgehammer, Billy Idol's Rebel Yell, R.E.M.'s Losing My Religion, and Oasis's Don't Look Back in Anger. So before I get into some of these songs, I just want to say that, number one, in my opinion... All of this is flawless. I can't find anything bad here. Uh, production is top-notch. Vocals and guitars are excellent. The choices for the cover songs offer a nice variety on genre and style. Uh, the originals are very good, especially the opener on Volume 1, and it's called Not Mad Enough. So let's kind of get into this a little bit. Volume 1, like I said, opens up with the already mentioned Not Mad Enough. And if you listen to the lyrics of this song, you'll know what the song is actually about. So the song was written after the death of George Floyd. Um, Brent Smith told American Songwriter in August that they had already been working on the Smith & Myers project for a bit. And when he went back to his room that night, that specific night, he turned the TV on. And, and this is, I quote, the moment I did, they showed the entire 8 minutes and 23 seconds of what happened to George Floyd. In that moment, everything that not mad enough is now came in a flood. All of the words, all of the melody, and how I felt. I knew I couldn't hold anything back, and I had to present the song in the most real and raw way that I knew how to, while being very open with how I felt and what I was witnessing. End quote. He went on to say that, quote, this cannot continue and this isn't going to stand and this type of behavior is not who we are. I feel like we are at our best when we need one another and this was not an example of that, end quote. So here's just a clip of Not Mad Enough. Stop telling me I gotta calm down. You're not mad enough. 
So Not Mad Enough fades into a dark, reflective, haunting version of Neil Young's Rocking in the Free World. And as Brent Smith sings the second verse, you know that verse about mother and child. You know the verse probably. Now she's going to get a hit. She hates her life and what she's done to it. There's more, one more kid that'll never go to school, never get to fall in love, and never get to be cool. It's sad when Neil Young sang this line. The tone of this cover version song, this version by Smith and Myers, to me, it takes it to a new haunting level. To me, the way they sing this song and this line and this verse in particular, it's one of the most haunting, sad, lyrical lines ever written and sang, in my opinion. Skipping track six. It's a fantastic cover of In Excess's Never Tear Us Apart. And I think Michael Hutchins if he was alive today, would be proud of this version of his song. We can live for a thousand years But if I hurt you I'd make wine from your tears I told you that we could fly Cause we all have a way but some of us don't know why I was standing You were there Two worlds colliding And they could never Ever tear us apart Track 8, Valerie And this one is a bit different than the rest of the album this song is upbeat. It'll get you dancing wherever you wherever you are, wherever you may be. Whether it's you're working from home in your office, you're cooking dinner in your kitchen, you're working out in the garage, whatever it might be, this is going to get you moving. It's an upbeat song. And I really do, again, think Amy Winehouse would love this version. Her version was a little bit different. This, is, this takes it a different direction as well. And kind of as a side note, it... it Amy Winehouse has been gone for nine years now, which doesn't seem like it's been that long, but it really has. Volume one ends with um, Smith and Byers' version of Unchained Melody, which was unexpected by me. I would have never expected these guys from Shine Down to cover Unchained Melody, to cover the song, but they did it. And it's a fabulous take on the classic song. So that was volume one. Volume 2 starts off with the original Bad at Love, and then it's followed up with a neat cover of uh, Billie Eilish's Bad Guy, which was actually one of my favorite songs, favorite pop songs of 2019. I still like Billie's original song better, but this version of, of Bad Guy is still good on its own. It's different, but it's good. Track 3 is an original tune called New School Shiver, and outside of the, the song Not Mad Enough from Volume 1, this is my favorite original song on both of these albums, outside of Not Mad Enough. New School Shivers, a bit of blues, a bit of folk, um, uh, with a really cool hook and groove to it. 
Track four is a really cool acoustic groove of Peter Gabriel's Sledgehammer, which, to me, it's probably the first acoustic take I've ever heard on the song. There's something about the vocal harmonies, harmonies here that really latch on to me. Track five is an original song called GBLGBD, which, at first, in my forensic toxicologist mind, I thought could have been some reference to some weird drugs or something. BLGBD actually stands for Get Busy Living or Get Busy Dying. It's a well-done song. And the vocal harmonies, again, are right on point in this song. So if you haven't gotten the pattern yet, tracks on Volume 1 and 2 alternate between original song and cover song. Volume 2, Track 6, it's a moody yet sublime version of Billy Idol's Rebel Yell. And one that I think, again, that Billy himself would love. Track 7 is another cool original called Like You Never Left. Track 8 through 10 are covers of R.E.M.'s Losing My Religion, an original tune called One More Time. And then um, a cover of one of uh, pretty much my favorite Oasis song, Don't Look Back in Anger. It's a cover of their 1995 hit, Don't Look Back in Anger, which, again, like I said, is my favorite Oasis song from their their album What's the Story Morning Glory So ultimately Volume 1 is the stronger Of the two albums It's more real to me Especially with the combination of Not Mad Enough And Rockin' in the Free World That back to back combination of those two songs Somber, dark It describes unfortunately 2020 The year 2020 perfectly Volumes 1 and 2 feel exactly like What that sort of project that you would do during that lockdown stay would really feel like for 2020. And again, in my opinion, these albums together are perfection. All four of these albums, so the Acoustic Sessions Part 1 and 2, the um, Smith & Myers Volume 1 and 2, they get Nobody Asked You Kevin ratings of the shit. That's the highest rating that I give here. Uh, nobody asked you, Kevin. They are excellent acoustic cover side pieces to your musical collection. If you like Shinedown's music, if you like rock music, check this out because, again, th these are really well done side project albums that fit the time very well. So again, that's my review of Smith & Meyer's Acoustic Sessions EP and Volumes 1 and 2. If you, if you like what you hear here, go check out Smith & Meyer's albums. They are excellent. You can get them on iTunes. You can find them on YouTube. You can find them on Spotify. You'll find them pretty much any place you buy music. So that's the show. If you like what you're hearing on this podcast, leave an Apple Podcast review for me. Um, any sort of review is appreciated and loved, and I just want to build up those reviews. Uh, so if you can leave a review, please do. If you want to contact me, 
Send me an email at nobodyaskedyoukevin at gmail.com. Look me up on Twitter. The show's Twitter handle is at AskedKevin, A-S-K-E-D-K-E-V-I-N, AskedKevin. Or my verified Twitter account is at ForensicToxGuy. Um, you can find the show on Facebook at the Nobody Asked You Kevin podcast page. Give it a like. I post there occasionally. And then check out the blog, which I kind of have faltered on lately. But I do want to get it back up and running. So check out the blog at nobodyaskedyoukevinpodcast.blogspot.com. We'll be back next week with a few more Christmas holiday movie reviews, another music review, and maybe some other stuff for you. So uh, much love to all of you out there listening to this. Peace, friends. Let's get this party started. Christmas.